Yippee, yippee ki Do you like the different perspective? Uh, it's kind of strange. I'm, I feel, kind of feel like I'm sitting next to you, but trying to sit as far away from you as possible. It's like I, everybody else in my life. You know, I, I want to keep an arm's reach, you know, so you're you know, like not in my bubble. Because you're there. I mean, you are like 100% there. Bam. I know. Probably 54% of people tolerate that, and the other... The other are like, really, Brian? I, I have a hard time with people in my bubble. I, I, I'm not a big person that says, come on, give me a little hug. I'm not, it's like, no, I need my space. And that's funny because from the time we've met, you know I've been a touchy-feely guy. Yeah. And you still arrive with it. Yeah. I, I, well, you know, I do have to tolerate things. I, I have to make... We may have our guest calling for Oh, well, all righty then. We, ha- we are exciting. We have a guest that's going to be calling in. Uh, a Miss New York pageant contestant Ooh. from this year. So this should be cool. I have, don't know much about it. Bob's going to have a little story about a bison I believe he wants to ask. Um, I'm going to ask her? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, that would be funny. What if she had one? Do you have a story about a bison? Oh, wouldn't that be cool? She'd be like, I'm on a podcast talking about bison. I call him Buffalo. I I'm, guess the Buffalo Bills, right? Isn't that a bison? Oh, we don't talk about them. Oh. Sorry. It's, uh, that's a oh. big no-no. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> that's a sore subject. <laughs> I didn't realize you all of a sudden became such a fan of. Fan? Oh, no. No, let's, let's not go there. No fan of the Buffalo Bills. I didn't realize you're a football fan enough to even talk about that, I guess. I know enough that they're in. That is so funny. That's awesome. I love that. Oh, oh, oh can no. you imagine? Can <laughs> do you imagine? Not, do not. She'd have like a, a thousand phone calls after the, they hear about her. That is the funniest thing ever. That, that, would, be, that would be very bad. Yeah. That's an area code. Bad you would have funny. to own it, though. The 585, that's what Rochester's for. We used to be 716. Yeah, and we had to sell that. Was it sell? No, officially? we lost it. We It was kind of like a bid. They won, we lost. Was it a bid thing? I think so. Really? Yeah. How many? That was a long time ago. That was a very long time ago. I'm very used to 585 now. That's how much our population has uh, grown. Yeah, right? and it happened out in what, 315 or too. Their area code split. They had just 315, and now the, they are two. I don't know the second one, though. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, 585 took a while to get used to because we used to be 716, and now that's the Buffalo Exchange. That is correct. They can have it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I liked 716 back in the day. I missed yeah, that. 585, it's got a nice little ring to it. It does. I do like 585 now, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's 585 Burger Bar in town. I like businesses that are named 585. Uh-huh. Yeah. Five eight, oh, 585 Race Wars. They've put that on now a couple of times here in Rochester. Oh. My brother's gone. So they basically let just amateurs go uh, and race I'm down sorry. a drag strip. Amateurs? Amateurs. Oh, amateurs. Yeah. So basically anybody, I could bring my Subaru there and race somebody down the strip. I would like to see that. I would too. Um, I know I would beat a lot of cars, but they do have by classification. So I'm sure there would be guys. Lose with your pink slip? When- oh, that would be fun. <laughs> That would be the coolest ever. Do the, do the pinkettes sit there and say, drop their uh, flags for you to go? I have a feeling there definitely is a girl, flag girl, I'm sure. But there. She doesn't look like the pinkettes. Really? I know I'm dating myself because the pinkettes are from Greece. 
the movie? Are you sure it was Pinkettes? Is that what their their names were? Pinkettes? I don't, or was that sure. was that Happy Days? Pinky Tuscadero? Pinky, yeah, yeah, they they would be oh. the Pinkettes if anything. That's what I was thinking. Happy Days. Well, in Greece they had pink jackets too, didn't they? No doubt. Yeah, that was the thing in the fifties, right? The the guys wore the creasers wore the black leather jackets and the creasers wore the pink ones. Right. Right. All right, folks, are done with me and Bob catching up a little bit, but now we have our guest. We're so excited to have Ashley Dano here with us today. Ashley is a two-time participant in the New York, Miss New York pageant. I think I said it correctly. Uh, and she's also had a couple endeavors as well in bikini competitions. Uh, and I'm very excited to hear how she got through that process. Uh, and, and I believe she's born and raised in Rochester. So, so thank you, Anna DeRosa, once again for getting us a lovely guest and Ashley Dano. Welcome to the show, Ash. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. It is an honor to be on here with you today. You got that excitement in your voice the minute I hear, heard it. I'm, uh, I was like, this is going to be a great call. I knew it already. Yeah, I'm sweating out my face a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, that's the heat of Rochester right now. It must be, and I've got all black on, so that's not helping the case. Oh, that must be your work attire? It is. I am just leaving work. Uh, my day job, I am a licensed esthetician, and I also microblade. So I work at a laser spa, and I do services such as microblading, eyelash extensions, full body wax, and facials, and anything to do with an under esthetician license in New York City. And I also bartend and serve tables, as well as work private parties. And she sleeps when? <laughs> I barely ever sleep, to be exact. I try to get the gym in as much as possible. On average, I'd say on a good night of sleep, I'm going to get about like four five hours maybe but for the most part it's it's about that you know i do have my moments where i crash you know or i take like a 20 minute cat nap and then just survive off caffeine that's how that goes the grind doesn't sleep you know it really doesn't you just keep on going and when you want something you don't stop until you get it can't stop the hustle you know it so how old are you how old are you uh, I'm 27. Just turned 27 in January. This is actually my golden year. I turned 27 of the 27, but I've been planning for this birthday since I was about nine years old. Wow, that's cool. So, so tell us what you did for it then. Uh, last minute, decided to leave New York State after my pageant because the pageant was in January, a week before my birthday, and I bought a ticket last minute and went to San Diego for the first time. I travel alone a lot. I don't really travel with people. Um, trying to book huge trips with people, I've noticed, causes a lot of anxiety and frustration for the most part. Because you're always arguing with people or trying to figure out what the other person wants to do to meet them in the middle. And then someone ends up doing something they don't want to do and then they get mad. or It's just a hassle. I do do group trips every once in a while, but I've traveled quite a few times by myself. And I do thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, this is the first year that I actually had dinner alone on my birthday in La Jolla. It was on the cliff. It was at this restaurant called Osteria Romantica. It was absolutely gorgeous. Everybody was off the boat. And the woman sat there and told me, as I sat at the bar and she pulled me a glass of wine, said to me, she goes, I admire you for being able to sit here alone and enjoy your own company on your birthday. She was like, you literally have nobody with you. I go, no. Because everyone was too hungover from the weekend from partying the whole time and for going out the night before. I was like, it's my birthday. I'm going to go. I ran three miles on the boardwalk and took myself out to dinner. It was beautiful. I don't think that you can be happy until you can actually find happiness with yourself, but that's just me. 
Amen, sister. Bob and I have uh, been known to take many trips on our own, especially for a little soul searching or just to get away from things. So absolutely, this is really, really uh, wonderful to talk like this right from the beginning because we absolutely are comfortable in our own skin. And I've lived, I've slept in lean twos by myself. Uh, I've, you know, I've, I've have no issues traveling by my own. So it's incredible to hear a 27 year old woman as comfortable as you are with it. Yeah. I've been doing this for a few years now. I mean, I've been to Nashville three times by myself. And guarantee there's times where we meet up with people. You know, like when I saw San Diego, I knew people out there. So it was actually nice that I could just meet up with old friends and whatnot. But mostly, I mean, I've met some wonderful people on the planes, too. I've met this guy who actually was the founder. His father was the founder of Tops, the Nanula family. And he... And I had a long conversation on the way to California, and he actually got me involved with his distribution of three-quart bourbon. It's a bourbon that just started being distilled, I want to say, within the last six months. And it's actually phenomenal. It's got vanilla notes in it. It's really delicious. And I've been doing things with him as well as far as promo goes. So that's been interesting and like linking up with that. I just think that you meet a lot of interesting when you're by yourself and you really have to be in your own element. It forces you to connect with people that you wouldn't normally connect with. And it makes you see bigger, the bigger picture, you know, and like a lot of people are confined to the walls of our city and they refuse to believe that there's so much more out there or they don't even care to look. And I think that that's the beauty of life is being able to travel and see all these different communities and how people are being able to be your real, true, authentic self instead of putting on a facade. You know what I mean? Are you an only child? No, I have three older brothers. I got my ass beat my whole life. <laughs> so you were a little, you're a little tomboyish then? A little tomboy in you? Uh, a little tomboyish, yeah, I guess you could say, but I was like the girl that wore dresses, but also was tomboy, and I got beat up on floor hockey and played video games growing up. Video games, I love it. There's not, it's tough to master the boys. Oh, video I love video games. I used to have my own gamer tag. I was a crack for uh, Call of Duty. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really great. I mean, I used to play. I remember I printed out the whole entire. What was that? Oh, my God. The whole entire walkthrough of Zelda, the Ocarina of Time. Do you remember that for N64? I love Zelda, the original Zelda, but yeah. The original for Nintendo, Super yeah. Nintendo? Oh, yeah, way back in the day. That was my favorite oh, game. Oh, man. You couldn't even tell what kind of characters they were. Exactly. Then. I agree. Holy I played smokes. that one, too. Yeah, are you kidding me? <laughs> that was my... Oh, man. When I see it out, there's a place here in town that has it, has it someplace, too. The old yeah, game. I think Alex 160, uh, right. 160 Alexander, they do video game night. I think it might be Thursdays or Wednesdays. I can't remember. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's one of those have games I gravitate to. Yeah, I know. I love the older games. N64 is probably one of my favorites, so that was probably my favorite game system growing up. I love it. So what sports did you gravitate to then through high school? Through high school, so I was going, I, I loved hockey. I mean, all my brothers, my brothers played hockey, my cousins played hockey. But I didn't ever get into it. So then when I started to, to gain an admiration for sports, I wanted to try out for lacrosse. That was one of the ones that I was really intrigued by because it was a physical contact sport. Well, little did I know that women's lacrosse had no physical contact. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. I was like, this is pointless. I'm not doing this. So I never did that. I actually cheerleaded for 11 years and on the flip side of it, I had the best of both worlds. I was band geek. <laughs> band geek. Oh, so you're a musician. What's your instrument? 
I played flute for a long, long time, and I can read music, and I've been recently teaching myself chords and the guitar. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah, it's not easy, let me tell you. Your fingertips go numb for days on end. I want to learn the guitar so bad, but I just don't. Uh, I don't have an aptitude for instruments, so so I have a drum that I, I will bring to shows and festivals with me. So I'll, I'll join a drum circle. That's the best I can do. That's pretty impressive, though, because that's just a completely different atmosphere of music. Yeah, I'm definitely that that jam band guy. Are you Are you like the drum line? Uh, um, yeah, I like the drum line. Yeah, I mean, I, that's why I pay attention to percussion big time. I love drums and and horns. That's awesome, though. I see. I don't think I could ever play drums. I would just get really whack with it and probably break it. <laughs> but the flute—that's a delicate instrument. It is, and I actually was more into the saxophone, but that was what I got pushed to play. So that's what stuck. So I got made fun of a lot for it growing up, too. What? I think that. What was that? No, go ahead. I think that, uh, especially with kids in high school, it's just, it's very normal for people to, to judge and pick at and poke at, you know, that's just part of growing up. Who helped you gain that perspective? Life, my own experiences, my brothers would pick on me growing up. I mean, I got told I was adopted up until I was like four or five years old and I believed it. <laughs> my mom used to laugh so hard thought it was hilarious and I believed it and I was so mad about it for a long time but I just I guess what happened was is like as I grew up especially when I got into middle school I would take out my brothers picking out on me and I mean that's part of having brothers and family and cousins you know like they pick on you that's just part of growing up but I would take it out on other people and I learned as I got older that that wasn't necessarily who I was it was just me reacting to what I was going through and it was causing me to act out differently. And I just know that that's not the way you're supposed to live. I see people walking around day to day and they start pointing fingers at people or bringing them down for maybe some way they look or maybe they act, like had said something and it came off the wrong way. But you really don't know what's going on in that person's life at that moment in time. And you can't read them based on just their external image because there are so many like, for instance, like, some of these Instagram models, there's some of these girls that like have all these body kits and fake lips and fake hair and fake nails and everything else. You know, deep down, it really matters who you are inside and what you let show to the world. And I just, I truly believe in that because your heart shines through who you are. You know, you could be the prettiest person in the world and just have the most terrible personality and be rotten. And it just changes your whole entire demeanor and perspective. Amen. You're like an old soul. Are you an old soul? You consider yourself an extremely, old soul. Extremely, extremely old soul. I'm an Aquarius. Uh, I was actually a twin as well. My twin, fortunately, did not make it. Uh, my mom got into a really terrible accident in Chicago when she was five months pregnant when she was a champion. And which I don't even know what happened to that company. That company was huge at one point. And uh, she got rear-ended and my twin had passed away at five months. So I think that that's also given me a different perspective on things. It allows me to be a lot more empathetic with people. And uh, it's made me realize that there's got to be so much more in life than what we settle for on this earth. Yeah, because if we don't have, if it's not a purpose or a meaning, then then how can we have order and uh, and not complete chaos, right? Well, I mean, the chaos just comes with the yin and the yang. 
Yes, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Because so many people always be like, "Oh well, um, why would this be real if these negative things are going on in the world?" And I'm like, "You can't control those things, you know. Like everybody decides their own destiny. I think that like our plans are laid out for us in a way, but that's why we have the the decision of choice. Like we, have, it's based on our choices in which the way our life goes and how things unfold. You know, like you could choose to." keep grinding out and work and be really successful and not let anything stop you, you know, no failures, or you could just let the failures come in your way and just crumble. Cause I've seen people crumble and they don't pick themselves back up. They don't know how to, because they thought that they were that person. That's all they could be. They don't know themselves any other way. Right. They get stuck in right. that perspective. I think so. But I also think a lot of people don't contain willpower. They don't have the willpower, but then like they're, it's in them. They just don't know how to bring it out, you know? And you can't force that out of anybody either. It's like trying to make somebody do something you want them to do or change. Like, you can't change people. That's something I learned over the years, too. After uh, dating my high school sweetheart, I learned you can't change nobody. No way. Yeah, my cousin and I talk about that a lot. He's a, uh, a doctor of psychology, and uh, it's really tough after the age of 13. Really... Um you got to have someone who's really willing to want to change and see, see where the difference would make them better. Yeah, but they have to want to, but also that it falls back on people going through their own trials and tribulations in order to make those changes. You know, it's like it's me telling you, Hey, that, that paint right there, that's wet. Don't touch it. And you look at me and you're like, I kind of want to touch it. <laughs> I want to make you sure tell me it's as well? <laughs> Right. Don't tell me that. Because now I want to touch it. Oh, we all have that in us. I don't know what it is, though. It's like this rebellious attitude that we carry sometimes. Or scientific exploration. Elaborate. Well, let's say the way you said it, let's say I really want to see what it feels like for paint to be wet. So I need to (laughs) experience that for myself with the feeling of touch on it and then move my nose to it because I want to smell it if it's wet. I don't know. Silly. No, experience, yeah. is, experience is knowledge. Yeah. So that's what I mean. So, yeah, there you go. See, it's all trial and error. <laughs> that's right. So I got to touch that wet, wet paint, just like my dad was on my podcast and told the story of me putting my tongue on the metal bar. I've seen the movie where the kid's tongue stuck, but I still did it. Gets it stuck. Yeah. I still yeah, did, I did it. it in the freezer once. I mean, come on. We did, we, you know, and we both saw the movie. Yep. I do remember that. But you know what? You just never know unless you try, I guess, even though we know better. Right. My my cousins told me not to pee on an electric fence, but I wanted to know what it felt like. So, you know, dumb me as a little kid, I'm like, it's not going to hurt. I peed and it hurt like hell. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even imagine. <laughs> That's a memory you're never going to forget. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Ow. I would have never Ouch. thought about that if I got, because I so want to go to a dude ranch. I would have never even thought I would just pee, pee by, go, yeah, I'll pee over here. and. <laughs> Wait, so did it like electrocute you through the stream of you going to the bathroom? I don't understand. <laughs> just, That's so yeah, weird. Just a little. I, 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 I mean, you stop instantly. It was a warning. It was a warning. <laughs> yeah, it was like a dog with a It's not, a, it's not collar, like I kept right? going. I'm like, oh, this is really good. I'm kind of <laughs> enjoying this. <laughs> No, definitely. I'm sure there are some people that do, believe me. Oh, man, that's so funny you say that. Like, I'm sure there's people that use those little, one of the electric volt machines that they use for muscle spasms. I forget the name of what those are. 
Yeah, was yeah, there a movie about great. that once? There was a movie about that once, wasn't there? Of a guy who did that to himself? I think so. I'm pretty sure. I had someone offer me one the other day, and I was like, um, I think I'm okay right now. <laughs> I don't really need that. My body's full of water. I have enough electricity inside of me. I don't need any more. Yeah, I've been water loading as we speak because I'm trying to cut weight, and it's been so frustrating with the summer. All right, so define cutting weight. What's what's the carrot? What's what do you? What you is the key? With? Yeah, what's the carrot? Like, what's what are you cutting weight for? Um, I'm cutting weight for myself at the moment. I actually got into a minor jet skiing accident Memorial Day weekend in Virginia Beach on the Intercoastal. Uh, I was driving a brand new jet ski. It was absolutely beautiful. The guy down there. The- that we're friends with actually has his own little company that he started. He's a young entrepreneur. He's only 28 years old. It's unbelievable. And these things are not toys, obviously. I mean, you know, they go like 80 miles per hour on the water. And somebody wanted to go for a ride. And I was like, sure. And they told him to hold onto the strap. Well, little did I know they were going to death grip me. And I went to go turn and we were going pretty fast. And he went to fly off and he ripped me off the jet ski with him. My front oh. flipped into the water and my whole neck cracked. I thought I was dead. I oh. like came up out of the water and like my vision was blurry. And I was like, is my neck broken? Am I okay? But I've been going to a chiropractor and I've been getting massage therapy done at Luxfa. And it's been helping tremendously with the pain and the amount of inflammation that I've been experiencing. I actually have two discs that are touching at the moment i was in the mindset of getting ready for another show and unfortunately you have to be like you have to be 110 percent committed to be uh in a bikini show any bodybuilding show anytime you, you know like you have to prepare for anything like that triathlon and whatnot and when i couldn't lift the way that i wanted to for like my own well-being like i can't go heavy i couldn't build like i couldn't do anything. My Cairo was like, if you keep working out like this, it's not going to heal. So I took a couple of weeks off and we all know when that happens, I mean, if you're not strict to the regimen of dieting, you're going to, you're going to start to get a little fluffy. So yeah, it's tough to stay that and, and heal. Yeah, yeah. So you got to heal first. That's important. Yeah. So I've been getting back into the gym. I've been like cutting my carbs, I'm water loading again. Everything's been going really well with that. Uh, but it's just the beginning, you know, and I tell a lot of people too, you know, they'll ask me like, what do I have to do? Or like, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, first things first, you got to up your water intake. You know, you've got to be drinking at least a gallon of water to be pushing out the toxins and everything else in your body. Another thing is eat breakfast. Um, unless you're doing fast cardio in the morning where you wake up, you don't eat anything, you don't drink anything, you go straight to the gym and you work out and then you eat right afterwards, then you're not going to get the results that you want whatsoever. Unfortunately, um, I tell people all the time, they're like, oh, well, I'm not hungry in the morning for breakfast. And I'm like, well, you need to kickstart your metabolism somehow and get yourself going because that's what's going to let you burn calories for the day. Like if you wait all day long, I mean, intermittent fasting is cool too, where people do the one meal a day, like it'll make you lose weight. But once you get, it's like any type of, any type of diet. I mean, even keto, like people are all in this keto fanatics and it's basically a calorie deficit that you're in. And that's exactly why you're losing the amount of weight that you are because you're depleting yourself, but you can't control it when you have carbs in your diet. So that's why they go with the full extreme. But little do they realize that when you go back and you bounce back, if you're not regulating yourself, you're going to gain even more weight than before. And I am a prime example of that. I mean, I was, 
maybe I started out at 117 when I started lifting. I've gained over 30 pounds of muscle. And when my last show was, I was down, I was down 30 pounds what I am now. So I'm sitting at about 154. You'd never believe it. It's all solid. But mm-hmm. I went down to 135 and I didn't reverse diet afterwards. Like I had gone right back into eating. I mean, who wouldn't? You're like, give me cookie cake and ice cream. Oh yeah. That's and, how I am too. And yeah. alcohol and everything else. Right. I mean, we're all human. We, we, those are the things that bring us together, food and drinking and like cultural things that would bring us together as a community and a family so that alone is what is part of it but what i try to tell people is is that you really need to start with the basics and you can't go on extremes and fall off extremely that's why the keto thing might work for somebody but like breakfast is definitely probably like top notch when it comes to like trying to diet because if you wait all day to eat and you just have one meal or you wait all day and like your body is in starvation mode. So it doesn't know the next time that you're going to feed it. It's the same thing for eating late at night. Sure. You're not going to eat cake late at night and you're not going to, you shouldn't eat garbage, but if you're hungry, your body doesn't care what time it is. I mean, we live in a world where it's just like the time does not matter. It's all there's different times all around the world. Right now, there's people sleeping. Right now, there's people probably farming, waking up right now. Like your body just knows when it's hungry and, you should feed it because that's the thing is if you don't, if you starve yourself and you don't properly feed your body when it's hungry, it's going to store all, all that food is fat and it's not going to turn into muscle. It's going to turn into fat. That's right. That's, why that's some right. People- Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. Are you a trainer? Are you a personal trainer? Or have you just gained this knowledge through personal experience? I thought about getting into it. No, I've just, I just know I've got a lot of knowledge. I mean, I know how to count macros now. And it was something that I had a passion for personally. I mean, I used to smoke cigarettes all the time. I, I was addicted to Newports. Like, I quit cigarettes. I got into a really bad car accident when I was 21. That's probably the reason why. It made me have a life revelation. But I started working out and I started to learn more about myself and I started to learn that you have to properly feed your body. Like another thing too, is if you like, it's hypothetically back to the, the fasted cardio, people don't realize that there's a 45 minute metabolic window after working out that you need to fuel your body. And if you don't fuel your body within that 45 minutes, again, your body's going to start eating muscle and it's going to store all the food as fat. And like you try to tell people this, but they're not going to believe you. They don't listen. But when they do listen, they're like, wow, you actually know what you're talking about. I would make sure I ate two hours before all my races. So my the food had enough time to process. So if Some I had a race at yeah. 7 a.m., if I had a race at 7 a.m., I was up eating at 4.45 or so. Uh, getting in calories for that race. And some of that is was really substantial. People wouldn't realize. Um, mostly through liquid diet, though. I got to be very honest with people. I did most of mine through liquid. But she's right. Chocolate milk is the best recovery drink, by the way. Uh but everything is within 20 minutes milk. after access. I, you, you're probably, are you lactose issues with lactose? Is that why? No, I just don't drink milk. Like it's something that I never really had a passion for, but I am a sucker for cheese. Oh, that's your weakness. I love it. Yeah. I love cheese and I love ice cream. Oh man. There's nothing better than peanut butter ice cream. Oh my God. Chocolate peanut butter is my fave. Oh man. Oh. Chocolate milk is a good recovery. See, I didn't know that. So I was actually, the first time I did the Boston Marathon, uh, they had a study, a chocolate milk study. So after you're done, they kind of had you take some, tell you a little bit, you know, talk to you a little bit. Uh, It was for people that were really dehydrated. My first 
Boston. I was a little dehydrated, so I got pulled into the side to be evaluated. Uh, and they were doing a study on chocolate milk. So I got two chocolate milks poured down me the minute I got off the course of Boston the first time I did it. it and really it really cool. helped. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Chocolate milk. Because I've uh, heard no. stories about, I'm sorry I interrupt you. I've heard <laughs> stories about people doing marathons and whatnot, and like they can't walk oh, yeah. for three days straight afterwards. Like they literally have bruises in between those thighs. So my first, my first couple of marathons, I had that experience. Uh, and then as I got smarter, I was able to recover better. Uh, but really, yeah. um, you know, cannabis has always been my recovery because I don't, I have not taken ibuprofen or aspirin very much in my uh, career as a triathlete. So I've been very fortunate. So I've picked the right vice. I tell people. Um, so as I got smarter about training, so my la- the Ironman was the last time I ran, ran a marathon. Obviously, that's what finishes the race. The next day, I played soccer against my son's soccer team like the next day so you use cannabis as your post-workout and well yes and for training i actually i so that's funny that you say that because my first bikini show that i did i sold cannabis every day before the gym and there's actually a video of arnold schwarzenegger in which i met him at the arnold classic i actually worked as a flexicus distributor one of the promo girls and he shook my hand i have a picture with him he's absolutely inspiring if you've never been to the arnold classic in columbus ohio and you're a fitness nut you need to go because you're going to meet everybody and anybody and there are so many opportunities out there but what happened was is um i he has a, a story where he talks and he's actually smoking cannabis and I heard there's a theory that cannabinoids actually push your fat into your muscles. Uh, don't quote me on it 100%, but it literally made me hyper-focused in the gym. And it allows me to like focus. I know some people can't do anything when they smoke pot. I think that they get a little bit like nervous or whatever. But my first show, that's what I did. I was in time once at the gym. So when you keep talking about shows, define what, what your history's been now. So you, you did a couple bikini shows, is that right? Do, do, like when yep, did you start I, doing it and why? So- um, I did my first show and it was actually, so the funny part is, is that I said I would never do a bikini show. I said I would never be able to do the diet. I love food too much, blah, 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 blah. And then I had seen the opening for Miss New York USA in 2015. And I was like, hmm, I've always been interested in this, but I didn't ever get into it when I was younger. So maybe I'll give it a shot. Well, I applied and I got approved and I started dieting for that. And I had at the time, um, a sponsor. It was, his name was Rob and he was working at a CrossFit Boomtown. He was sponsoring me as a trainer. So he was helping me with the diet and whatnot. And I knew nothing about macros. So I had gone for Miss New York USA. And after I had ran for Miss New York USA, I actually had gotten this itch to do another one. And I was like, I'm already this lean. I might as well do a bikini show. So little did I know how strict the diet was. I mean, we're talking no dairy, no fruit, no sugar, no alcohol, no bread, no pasta, no olive oil, no nothing. Like it's just straight Pam spray, chicken and veggies, protein. Um, there's rice. You could do sweet potatoes, potatoes, and fish. Like I couldn't even eat red meat. That's how strict it was. And it was a struggle. I think that it definitely makes you appreciate things in life. It allowed me to appreciate my family time. And because I'm Italian, so like I eat all that kind of stuff, pasta and everything, you name it, olive oil. And I couldn't enjoy dinners with my family. It's definitely a sacrifice. And my family hates it. 
unfortunately, because it does put a toll on your body too. I mean, you can't lift as much, you lose inches, you lose size. I my max squat was two forty five. I couldn't even squat. Oh my god. <laughs> 25 plates on both sides. That's how much energy you lose in the mm. middle of the show. Wow. So it's definitely not for the weak-minded. But I just, I just, I had written down in notes. So I, do, I truly believe in affirmations. And if you write things down, and if you set goals on paper, you're going to make those things happen. Whether or not you're thinking about it, the universe is going to transpire for those to happen. If you haven't read The Secret, I definitely recommend reading it because it's a true story. Um, and I, it was funny because two years before that, I had written that I wanted to do a bikini show. And then I was going through my notes one day and I was like, wow, would you look at that? I'm doing a bikini show. Um, and I obviously did not win. I placed third on my first one, I think. And on my second show, which was a year later, was it a year? Was it a year? Yeah, a year later, I did another one. And I think I placed fourth. But I was in open this time. I didn't novice and i was up against all bikini pros and that was probably the downfall of it but i still got up there and like we're all still winners like all the bodybuilders need to realize like we're all winners for even getting up there and the same thing for athletes what you do even if you don't make the time that you wanted to make or you're not the first person in line it doesn't mean you didn't win you know you still did it i'm so happy you finished by saying that because that's what i was going to say is first of all it's impressive how high you placed not having experience. A lot of times someone will go into a show and just be happy to be in the show, let alone place. Uh, so right. kudos to you. But second of all, they have the perspective that, yeah, you're just, you're, a, you're lucky you got placed, you, you scored those points. But at the end of the day, everybody that put the work in that day deserves credit. So I use, when I finished triathlons back in the day, I used to take my cowbell and because I coached triathletes as well, I would go back and cowbell down. I'd run back my cool down run to be on the course cowbell and other people in because it's That's at so the end of the day, great. it's all of us. It's not just one of us, right? Like, yeah, exactly. And a lot of people lose sight of that. I mean, I, I lost sight of that with the last Miss New York USA pageant. I just did. I just ran again in January and I wanted it. You know, it's a huge opportunity. It's it's honestly the toughest pageant out of all 50 states. There was a total of, I think, 152 girls that I was up against. So New York State is the biggest. I think Jersey and California are coming in the second and third. And it's tough. I mean, some of these girls, they are sweet and loving and it's their first time and they're just doing it for a bucket list factor. That was kind of like the first time I did it. And then you come back around and you got girls that have been in pageantry since they were kids. And like, they do not want anything to do with anybody else. They just want to focus why they're there. And there's, I hate to say it, but there's politics and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you know people and if you've been in it previous years and they recognize your face, you have a little bit more experience. And that's what they want to bring to the plate for Miss USA. Because this is the Miss Universe pageant. Like, they eat, breathe, and sleep this, you know? And it's it's a wonderful experience, and it's definitely eye-opening. I mean, you get to be isolated. You can't be with your family. You're in your hotel room at a certain time. Everyone's checking on you. It's very high security. And, I mean, I'm you're wearing six gelatos for like nine hours in a day training to be for the show and to be on stage for the whole presentation of it all and it's not just a beauty contest and i tell people this over and over again because after i've done it they've realized they're like you're not a pageant girl like you don't come off as a pageant girl i go 
that's the point is that you can't base it on my outer perspective coming back to that is it's like it's all about what you have to bring to the table what you do as far as community service i mean i just did a a community pop-up event for the gilda's bachelor auction and all the proceeds went to cancer and it was last minute put a whole silent auction together and raised two grand in a matter of three hours. And the whole organization, I think, raised like 87000 this year, which is absolutely moving. That's so they awesome. look for people like that. It, it's amazing. I mean, and, and honestly, like if you haven't ever done charity, I always recommend people at least volunteer once a year because it really makes you humble and realize like how much you have to be grateful for and how much we can take advantage. But that's what they're looking for in this pageant. They want girls that are going to believe in themselves. They show confidence, you know, and it's not always the prettiest looking girl that wins. Cause like all the girls are beautiful up there, no matter your size, no matter what. And that's something I love about summer too, is because there's so much body shaming in the uh, industry nowadays. You know, there's so many people that like, look at the Kardashians. Like they make girls believe that they got to have all this plastic surgery to look beautiful because they have all this money to buy whatever they can look for. They wouldn't look the way they did if they didn't buy it. Amen. But it's like, you but the thing about summer is all these people are embracing their bodies. They're wearing bikinis and bathing suits and not caring. And I love that because I can't stand body shaming. But it, that pageant, it literally is more than what meets the eye. It's what you have to bring to the table. And let me tell you, that interview is terrifying. <laughs> so tell me, that's it's funny because that was my next question. Uh, so first of all, the experience from, from 2015 to this year, what the biggest differences were. And then the, tell me about the interview process because I'm very curious about this. You cut out. What was that? Tell you about what? The difference between the two years competing and then tell us about the interview process more in depth because I'm very intrigued All by right. what they asked so, you. So the first year that I competed, I was very nervous on stage. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into besides the fact that I was getting myself into something big. And I was very rickety on stage. My posing wasn't on. I didn't have a lot of coaching. I didn't have a lot of stage presence. Um, also, just the way that you carry yourself up there, it, 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 it was, it was nerve wracking. I mean, you've got a panel of judges judging you, and then you've got cameras on you, and people, a whole stadium staring at you. I mean, it, it's, it's scary. It's not, it's not for the weak hearted. But this year, the difference was, is like, I knew what I was getting myself into. I had, two other shows on top of the last pageant that I did where I was, I, I focused on posing with my bikini coach. Like I hired a bikini coach and like just posed and posed and posed and posed. And that helped me so much being on stage this time where I wasn't nervous up there at all. But when it came down to the interview, um, my legs started shaking and my lips started twitching. And I don't know exactly why, because I was fine up until I literally sat down. And I mean, they asked very different questions. I, I, some of the questions that they asked before, cause they give you an interview sheet. And the last time it was like, name someone dead or alive you'd want to meet. And my answer was Cleopatra. And the reason why I said her was because she never let anyone overthrow her empire, even though she had numerous admirers. And I would love to have seen how she maintained that without having a king overthrow her. I mean, King Tut was one of her admirers too. And like, she never made him Pharaoh. So that was one of my answers for that. Um, and I do believe like one of my favorite questions to ask people when I first meet them is like, if you could be three different forms of life, what would you be and why? And I really think that that's a great question to ask somebody because it makes them think 
And it also shows a little bit of their personality based on their answers. You'd be surprised. A lot of people say a tree. <laughs> oh, because why? Because living a long time and seeing a lot. I guess so. And you have roots and every time you die, you still come back to life. Like you don't really die. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Tree is definitely, uh, I mean, tree of life, right? I think that's a symbol. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm trying to think I thought from the that Buddhist was an awesome way. I, I love that. Uh, I love the question though. Three forms it's of life you would want to, to be. People. It blows people's minds, honestly. Because um, it's making me think, like, I couldn't come up with a answer off the top of my head, and I would feel like an idiot that I couldn't. But it's a No, you have to really think yeah. about it. So what's your answer? Like, what, three different forms of life that I would love to be. Uh, one of them would definitely have to be, oh, man, I'd want to say a dolphin. Oh my God, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, because dolphins, they still have their own language. They're the only other sea ma mammals. No, right? No. I don't think, no. They're amphibi yeah. are they amphibians? I can't remember. No, they're, they're mammals. They're mammals. <laughs> right, so they're, they're the mammals, only other yeah. sea mammal that actually has like a language like we do. Like they actually talk to each other. Um, yeah, 100%. And right. I mean, I just, I'm. I admire them. I, whenever I go to Florida, I always look them. I mean, they interact with humans and whatnot. I just, and I've always wanted to go swimming with the dolphins. Another form of life that I would love to be is probably some type of bird because I would love to fly. I think that that's absolutely phenomenal. Hawk. Just to be able to soar above the sky and to see everything. And then my last form of life, see, I've thought about this. That's the only reason why it's so easy for me to answer. It would have to be um, a lion or a tiger because I want to be at the top of the food chain. Yeah. Unless I could be an alien, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. All right. So, what's your perspective on aliens? Come on. <laughs> um, I do believe that we are a speck of sand in the whole universe. You know, you look out. And you look at the stars at night, and there's no way that we're the only living, existing people on this earth. Like, there has to be, I really, truly believe that we, like, I know a lot of people don't believe in God, or they have different perspectives in the universe and the outer, whatnot. But I truly think that, okay, so if you want to bring it back to science, this is my theory, is that there were dinosaurs made, right? We have proof that dinosaurs were a real thing. Pangea, plate tectonics, whatever, the whole entire continent split apart. Maybe the reason why the dinosaurs were expired is because this outer source realized that we can't get any further with what we've already created. Like they cannot industrialize to grow and um, advance, you know, no, so they, they, they're like, screw this, boom, they're gone. And then the whole entire microorganisms, maybe the whole entire creating experiments of people is what has happened. And then now look at where we are. She just said that like some alien race just like punched our planet real quick and said restart. <laughs> is that what yeah, you never planning? know. I love it. I, I'm not saying that couldn't happen. I'm firm belief that uh, there's... there's um, Beings on other planets that have mixed with us already. I'm firmly without a that. doubt. I'm sure there are people firm that are monitoring us. We, I 100%. feel like we could be we could be experiments. We don't know though. Like we don't have the technology to even know that. But I do believe that there are angels, and that if you ask for something or an answer, you're going to get it. So like, there's no way. Like with how many different galaxies that are out there that we haven't even been able to see with our naked eye, 
Like, just imagine what could be out there. I mean, it rains diamonds on Saturn, for Christ's sake. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Aquinas and Gates Shiloh. AQ. All right, good. And um, did you go to college or no? I went to MCC, and I decided it wasn't for me because I was going through a breakup with my high school sweetheart, and I wasn't really in the mindset. Mm-hmm. So I dropped out of college, and I kind of just did my own thing and traveled a little bit. I lived in Philly, and I also lived in North Carolina. And then I moved back, and a couple years ago, I decided to get into aesthetics. Uh, and I absolutely love it. It's not my ending point, though. I tried opening up my own business two years ago, and unfortunately, it wasn't my time to shine. So I had to close that and work for somebody again. But I said it humbled me. It taught me a lot about the whole process of owning a business. It's not all fun and games. It's a lot of gray hair, tears, and sweat. Let me tell you, um, which everyone doesn't see that part of it. You know, a lot of money has to be spent to run a business in New York State. Yeah, they definitely take a lot from us, and they want all of our money. But hey, that's that's the benefit of living in the Empire State, right? Amen. There's certainly some benefits. Yeah. But, uh, oh, without a doubt. You can't beat the food here. There's no no other place like the food that we have here, I'm telling you. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And the music here is phenomenal. I agree. I agree. And it is beautiful. I mean, Rochester is a great city. It'll always be home. But, I mean, the winters are a little rough. You just got to embrace it. You know, right now it's absolutely perfect out. Yeah, we love summers here. I mean, it is ideal. It's a little more humid than normal this year. But on that, it, uh, summers here are ideal. A little short, but ideal. Yeah, I know. I can't can't believe it's August already. But I think that, the, honestly, I, in, in theory, again, I do believe that our seasons are starting to change a little bit. And I think that they're going to push back. And I think it has something to do with the solstice. Like, I don't know if you've noticed that last fall, like, we had 80-degree days all through September. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've talked to some people about it, too. Yeah, we're all talking about, especially some farmers that, that uh, I affiliated with that uh, are saying everything is pushed a month later. But the problem is you have to start growing a month later, but you don't know if you have that month of September to really grow because that's still an iffy month. But yeah, you are it's, absolutely it's right. the gray zone. It's a huge gray zone with that. And that's why they were having issues with a lot of like tomatoes and stuff this year, because at one point, I mean, we had all the flooding and the rain and nothing can grow if it's just flooding. Sounds like you are a voracious reader. <laughs> I'm always trying to keep up on what's going on in the world, and I definitely look at things in a deeper perspective. Do you have I like to of... say that I'm an old soul with a young spirit. That's me in a nutshell. My question I is, like do, you, do you find a lot of people that you can really have these conversations with? No, unfortunately not. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't have a mental capacity to hold a conversation in which that you're picking their mind and really trying to dig deep to see what they feel about things. Or you'll have people that will get like really offended or like just be very single-minded. For me, I like to remain open. Even if I don't agree with you, I try to see your perspective and like kind of be third-person omniscient, like just scoping what you're saying rather than being fully engaged you know take a step out of it but there's some people that you, you can't i mean you really gotta read somebody i guess to see if they can hold a conversation like that because you really don't know which way it's gonna go yeah and then you get looked at as being weird sometimes and, and all sorts of nonsense yeah and unfortunately america has become most slightly soft when it comes to opinions and politics and all those types of conversations so you just gotta really be careful sometimes but I'm blunt, so like I'm usually just cut to the chase, and I'll just tell you how I feel. But I can be very empathetic when it comes to other things. So it was a happy meeting. 
in so, there. Do so you, you think that you could talk to anybody about this? Because uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I'm well aware that uh, I, in Rochester specifically, but if I go to other places, conversations like this are a lot more receptive. Uh, like I remember one night. Which, why is that? <sighs> Rochester's a really judgmental city. I've had a lot of people on the podcast that are all kind of mirroring what I'm saying, unfortunately, but I don't know what it is. I, uh, my son said something really smart a couple weeks ago. He said something like, uh, you know, too many people are living through their social media and not living lives themselves. And then when they see other people living lives, maybe, maybe they're resenting them or, or they have these other feelings or, or, re, or, you know, they're having, uh, they're comparing their lives to that. Exactly. And then they really see what they're doing and they're wrapped up in this nonsense instead of actually having experiences. Yeah, I know. I totally get it. I mean, I got rid of my Facebook about three weeks ago and I go through spurts because I have to use it for business and whatnot. But you just you sit there and you catch yourself and you're reading these people's statuses and you're like consuming your life inside of them. And like you're looking at how happy their pictures are. Well, pictures are worth a thousand words. You don't know what's going on. Like I said, you don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know what's going on in their relationship. All you have is like your imagery of what you think it is. And then you cut yourself 10 minutes later and you've dug deep into something that doesn't even pertain to you, nor do you care about. And you're just wasting your life on there. And I think a lot of our, our children growing up in like new age generation, like they're, they don't have what we had. I mean, we lived through the technology boom where we didn't even have cell phones. Like we had pagers and cord phones. I remember my cord phones stretched like 40 feet long. It was unreal. <laughs> and we, we couldn't, we used to have to like ring the doorbell to play and call and ask to talk to somebody and our parents could be listening in the other line. Like I think that social media and a lot of the, the music nowadays and the media that's out there, it's just, it's very, uh, I don't want to say toxic because I don't want to say all of it is, but it's just, it's allowing these children to grow up and confide into what they believe is what they need to do or who they need to be or like they want to be an Instagram model or they want to, they want to just like sit there and post YouTube videos of makeup. You know, some of these people make it that way, but I think a lot of these kids, like they don't have their own identity nowadays. They're too busy watching other kids play toys on, on YouTube. And it's just like, really? Yeah, it's amazing. It really is. Um, now I got a question back to travel a little bit. Cause you said you like to travel by yourself. Uh, and Absolutely. you mentioned San Diego. So tell me another place that you enjoyed traveling by yourself. I love Nashville, Tennessee and New York city, but that's besides the point. Nashville, Tennessee is probably one of my top favorite cities that I have been to. If you haven't been there, you need to go. The live music everywhere is absolutely insane. The vibes are great. You still got the Southern hospitality. I mean, there is something, to do in every single corner the food's awesome i just i just fell in love with it down there it's it's amazing i've been there three times already they've got 22 distillings if you like whiskey or bourbon it's definitely your place to go it's just it's incredible and the music oh if you like it's not just country music either they've got all different kinds of music that they also sing but i love music obviously yeah they got blues down there they got everything down they got a little mix down there in nashville yeah nashville's Great. I mean, it's nothing compared to Atlanta, though. I mean, you go down to the dirty south, it's like future and two chains being played left and right. You know, it's very different. Cool. So anywhere else that you would tell, encourage someone to travel by themselves? Ooh. You know what? I'd have to say. To tra- um, that's a good question. 
Because a lot of people get nervous to go to New York City by themselves. But I just think that it's honestly more safer to walk around there than it is here at night. <laughs> but oh, that's such a good question. I would I would recommend uh, DC. DC. I've never been to C- DC, so I would I wouldn't know. Yeah, DC alone. I did DC alone, and the nice thing about that is you're not worried about dragging someone else through a museum at their pace or your pace, right? That's the one thing about DC that I, I always. There's so many museums and so many things, but it's very hard to have someone exactly with you that wants to spend that same time through that museum. Right. Well, that's why it's hard to do group outings like that, and I just I really think that everyone should. Have- least travel once alone in their life you know and not be afraid you're not gonna end up in some freak accident on the plane i mean everyone's just all nervous like random people next time you just gotta really just like let go and embrace it in my opinion and like you never know what's gonna happen i mean i've had i i mean when i was in columbus ohio i i had this little voice in my head that told me to go dance on the stage in front of this booth with the girl and then i banked a job and I did a promo and I met Arnold Schwarzenegger that weekend you know like you just never know what can happen you got the little voice oh it's in there oh, <laughs> you know I, I I don't like to tell people my little voice but lately I'm almost feeling, feeling a little more open about talking about mine because I've, I've had a lot of little things in my life that have happened and it always is preceded by that little voice so if your parents- you don't listen to it oh. you you know you didn't listen to it there's times where I, I've ignored it and I'm like Damn it. Why didn't I listen to that? Oh, that's like, the truth. told you so, told you so, told you so. <laughs> At least you're saying it to yourself. Yeah. I mean, I don't tell people, I mean, like, I tell people it's my intuition. That's the best way to describe that. And a lot of people ignore their intuition. I mean, animals have intuition. When there's storms coming and they start acting up, it's because there's like a tsunami or something coming, you know, like it's, it's, it's in there. But you have to embrace it and you have to kind of negate away from the logistics in reality of life and really just like have faith in that and then it'll come to you and don't be afraid about what it's telling you because in general that little voice is only guiding you in the right spot oh yeah i mean it's i i've had some scenarios where it's like really it shocks you it definitely is shocking and it's almost unbelievable at times but your intuition is usually always spot on that's why i always said our mothers always found out everything that we were doing and caught us in every, every lie because mothers know everything Speaking of which, are your parents old souls? Yeah, they definitely are. My uh, my parents are definitely up there. I was an oops baby, so I was I was born late. I wasn't even planned. My mom was going for a hysterectomy when she found out she was pregnant, oh, wow. which is kind of funny. I know, crazy, right? Um, but my parents are definitely old souls, and they are. My father's an old school Sicilian and set in his ways. I mean, there are some things that he damn near wants to kill me over like when i got body painted in buffalo for the free the nipple movement oh my god i thought he was gonna literally ground me for the rest of my life and i wasn't even living home (laughs) (laughs) so yeah they're old souls for sure i've been body painted twice they didn't like it too much oh that is classic yeah there's certain things parents just don't want to see no i don't blame them and if they if some of these parents saw their young daughters out like sure that they would have a heart attack but hey that's part of life right it is we got to exercise our freedoms and understand who we are right we have to do that's one of the benefits of living in america you know you can really do whatever it is you want to do you can make yourself whoever you want to be you can change your features you can do any 
anything you want as long as you want to, you know, that's, that's the beauty of this country. You know, like if our soccer team doesn't win, the country's not in turmoil. They kind of just have a drink and say, Hey, let's just forget about it. So this conversation has been awesome. Ashley, can you please tell everybody your social media, anywhere they can find you to follow along with, with your successes or anything you got going on? Is there anything you'd Absolutely. like to share with everybody, please? I am an active poster on Snapchat. I am a goofball and I definitely love to have fun, which my Snapchat name, you can laugh at me for it, is Stack That Cheese. It's derived from my nickname Stack in high school. Um, and it's also from Luke Fiasco's Hip Hop Save My Life song. That's where that came from. And my Instagram handle is stackdano, S-T-A-C-K-D-E-Y-K-N-0-W. But if you look up Ashley Rose Dano, you can totally find it. And you can see all my posts on there. I've got a lot of my fitness posts on there and all of my photos up until like 2012. Oh my God. Like I've been on Instagram forever. But yeah, I would love to keep inspiring and maybe talk again. That would be absolutely awesome. This has been a great conversation. I'm, I'm very thankful that you gave me a call and let me be on your podcast with you today. So how was your first podcast experience? It was awesome. And I'm not sweating out of my face anymore. Perfect. Uh, we appreciate the time. We know we know you basically called right after work and you were very tolerant to, to talk with us. And uh, we really enjoyed this conversation. We do, definitely will have you on again. There's no doubt. I'd like to have you uh, with a round table of like young Rochester people, entrepreneurs uh, of like-minded people and just chat and see where it goes. So I'd like to have yeah, you Yeah, that would that. be absolutely awesome, especially because engaging in person is a lot different. Yeah, no doubt. So we're, we're going to plan that uh, within the next month or so. Uh, I will make sure uh, Anna sets that up with you. But thank you for everything, and I hope you have a wonderful night. Awesome. You too. Take care. Have a good night. Be well, Ash. Bye, guys. Boom, boom. Incredible. Boom, boom. We keep getting lucky with these people that just absolutely are old souls. Yeah. There's like a, a, a small handful out there, and we, we're grabbing them all. I mean, we're lucky. Yeah. All right. From the studio here on Marshall Road, from Justin Passamonte, Robert Pye, and myself, Brian Donald Lane, get out, enjoy the summer. It is still sunshine. Please get out and enjoy. And thank you all for sitting in this episode with us. <laughs>